In this week's market update, all eyes are on the US as another big interest rate hike coincides with peak earnings season. Well, there's no doubt about the main market story this week. The Federal Reserve will announce the latest instalment in its rate hiking cycle on Wednesday evening. There seems little doubt that another 0.75 percentage point rate rise will be unveiled. That will take US interest rates up to a range of between two and a quarter and two and a half percent, which is pretty much what economists consider to be the neutral point at which monetary policy is neither stimulating nor restricting economic activity in America. The question is then how far into restrictive territory the US central bank will feel it needs to go in order to tame inflation, which is currently standing at more than 9% on both sides of the Atlantic. Current thinking is that the Fed will push ahead to maybe 3.5% by next spring, after which a rapidly slowing economy may well force it into reverse, cutting rates again to fend off a recession. By pushing ahead with two three-quarter point rate hikes and quite possibly another one in September, the Fed is heading into uncharted territory. June's first 0.75 percentage point hike was the first of that scale since 1994, and no one quite knows whether the Fed is now moving too far too fast. Certainly, there are signs that the red-hot housing market in the US is cooling, and while unemployment remains at the historically low level of 3.6%, the expectation is that this too will start deteriorating soon, with job losses pushing the rate back up to 5% in due course. In a way, the Fed is doing the easy bit now, front-loading its tightening to get back in control of the inflation narrative and polishing its credentials after criticisms that it was too slow to act as inflation started to spiral last year. The more difficult task is knowing when to stop, because monetary policy always acts with a lag, It can take a year or so before the impact of rate hikes really kicks in. And by then, of course, it's too late to do a U-turn. Continuing with rate hikes, even as the economy is slowing, is a challenge for a central banker because the pressure rises from the media and politicians to back off and relax policy. When Paul Volcker, the head of the Federal Reserve in the early 1980s, kept rates high through two recessions and soaring unemployment, it required enormous strength of will. It worked and inflation came down to more manageable levels by the mid-1980s, but many weaker-willed central bankers would not have lasted the course. Jay Powell's big test lies in the near future. The Fed is setting the pace for monetary policy around the world, with the differential between US rates and those in other areas starting to force other central banks' hands. The ECB, for example, surprised market watches last week when it unexpectedly raised rates by 0.5% for the first time in a decade, taking them back to zero. That might not sound like particularly tight policy, but the Eurozone is a particularly difficult region to manage from an interest rate perspective because it binds together 19 very different economies with very different problems and needs. Last week, we saw one aspect of that complexity as Mario Draghi resigned as Italy's Prime Minister against a backdrop of sky-high government debt and a cost of borrowing that is fast becoming untethered from the anchor of bond yields in Germany, the lower-risk engine room of the European economy. 
Italian debt stands at 150% of GDP and avoiding a repeat of the acrimonious splits within Europe during the Eurozone debt crisis of 10 years ago is now a top priority for the ECB. To that end, it last week launched what it called a transmission protection instrument, which is a fancy name for a decision to buy the bonds of stressed countries, for which read Italy, as and when the cracks in the Eurozone start to emerge again. Anyway, monetary policy is a key focus for investors, but it's not the only one. Also very much in the spotlight this week is the second quarter earnings season, which is now in full flow with a torrent of results announcements from a wide range of sectors. Tech remains in focus with numbers due from Google owner Alphabet, Microsoft and Amazon. Commodities are in the spotlight with Shell and Rio Tinto reporting and consumer stocks get an outing via Unilever, Procter & Gamble and Colgate-Palmolive. So far, earnings season has delivered as expected with around 70% of companies beating forecasts and hopes for earnings growth in the quarter of around 6% and 9% for the full calendar year are still intact. As we've discussed here many times, whether or not earnings meet expectations is key to where the market heads. With valuations having fallen from around 23 times earnings to 16 times, a decent earnings season could stabilise the market. Lower earnings, however, could see it fall further from here. One of the key talking points in the US earnings season this time around is the strength of the dollar, which is a key linkage with the monetary policy questions that are also exercising investors' minds. The dollar has surged this year to its highest level against a basket of other currencies in 20 years, and this is in large part due to rising interest rates, which is raising the attraction for global investors of owning US assets like Treasury bonds. Another reason the ECB is acting more decisively is the weakness of the euro, now at parity with the dollar, which is pushing up inflation in the region. The same is true of the pound, which stands under $1.20. At that level, the cost of imported dollar-denominated commodities like oil really hurts, as anyone will know who has filled up their car recently. The flip side of a strong dollar for US companies, however, is the way in which it is wiping literally billions of dollars off the second quarter earnings of those US companies who earn a sizable proportion of their profits overseas. A high dollar makes US exports less competitive and it also reduces the level of profits once those overseas earnings are translated back into the US currency. What this means is that the profitability of US companies this earnings season is probably a bit higher than it actually looks. And that's one reason that since earnings started to emerge a couple of weeks ago, shares have bounced back a little from their weakness in the first six months of 2022. A modest rally in stock markets in recent weeks, with the S&P 500 edging back up to 4,000, also reflects hopes that the Fed may not need to go as far and fast with interest rates as had been feared. That's particularly good news for the tech stocks, whose present-day valuations are determined in large part by the interest rate that's used to discount back their future expected earnings. After the dire first half, it's small comfort, but it leaves the US benchmark down a slightly more acceptable 17% year-to-date, 
rather better than the 25% decline it had recorded at the low point in June. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.